We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, remember that CBS NFL insider, and I'm air quoting insider, by the way, whose training camp interview with Lamar Jackson went viral for all the wrong reasons last summer? I don't know how anybody could forget it. It was beyond corny and cringy, and now he and his sources are back attempting to report on Lamar Jackson's involvement, or lack thereof, in Baltimore's hiring process of the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. I'm Bobby Trossett, alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It's Friday, February 17th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Questions are pouring in about Patrick Queen's latest social media activity and if it means that he could get traded. We've got the answers ahead. Plus, Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin's introductory press conference is officially set. We'll give you those details and continue digging in to Munkin's coaching attributes. We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, Jonathan Jones, the NFL insider for CBS, made quite an impression on Ravens Nation over the summer during an awkward, very awkward interview with Lamar Jackson. And based on his recent Twitter reporting, apparently he's not done. No, he isn't. And before we get into the weeds, let's revisit that cringeworthy training camp interview because it was painful, and I apologize in advance for playing it. Here it is, though. Seems like every time I see you, you're getting a little bigger, getting a little, a little yeah. thicker, a little muscular. Yeah. I hear that you don't like working out, though. Tell me about that. Who said that? Uh, sources. What sources? <laughs> I don't know about that. I had to do something to get this size, you know? That's true. That's true. Everything about that snippet is horrific. And kudos to Lamar, honestly, for actually having the patience and composure to stick with the conversation. I think a lot of guys would have just walked off the set immediately and deservingly so. And I mean, I don't want to pile on Jonathan Jones, which is exactly why I loved how Lamar, you know, immediately asked for his sources and it clearly caught him off guard. And then Lamar kind of let him off the hook. So, uh, yeah, it didn't seem like he really had many sources to speak of or maybe he just wanted to reveal them, but it definitely caught him off guard. Okay, so going from that, Bobby, let's transition to Thursday. Let's let everybody in on what Jonathan Jones tweeted that sparked so much chatter. Yeah, I'll read it to you verbatim. Quote, 
Per sources, it's my understanding that the Ravens did not fully integrate QB Lamar Jackson into the hiring process for their new offensive coordinator, close quote. But Sarah, here's the problem for Jonathan. The ever-reliable Ravens beat reporter Jeff Zarebek, who we've obviously called on often in recent months, was asked in his mentions, in Jonathan's mentions, if there's any truth to the report. Jeff's response was this, quote, my understanding was he was given multiple opportunities to provide input and be involved, close quote. Yeah, which just came across as confusing to some people just because Jeff's reply did leave, I guess, some room for interpretation. But, Bobby, it's pretty clear that the door was open for Lamar to be involved. Now, this full stuff, I don't, I don't know about all that. And there's a couple of pieces of context we can lean into from the last month of following Baltimore's coordinator search that helps illuminate this whole situation. Yeah, and the first is this from John Harbaugh's end-of-season press conference when he was asked, if he plans on involving Lamar in the process. I did ask Lamar about it, you know, and, and he will be involved in it. You know, I'll keep him abreast of what's going on, and I'm sure he'll have some input along the way. Uh, but I know his focus, like he told me, is going to be on getting himself ready and getting his guys ready, you know, for next season. And the second piece of context is something we shared with you actually earlier in the week, NFL reporter Josina Anderson's tweet that read the following, quote, I'm told since the day after the Ravens and Greg Roman parted ways, Lamar Jackson's input on the offense from a philosophical and schematic standpoint was folded into the evaluation process for the next offensive coordinator and communication from key players was welcomed per league source, close quote. But Sarah, having now presented all of that context, I feel like it's important to note this. Why would the Ravens, quote, fully integrate Lamar into the process <laughs> when he technically, right, technically speaking, isn't even under contract for 2023. Yeah, Bobby, we made this same point in, I think it was yesterday's vault. All the days are melting together, but this feels so eerily similar to what we discussed in response to Jordan Schultz's report that claimed that offensive coordinator candidates who interviewed with the Ravens weren't given, quote, full assurances that Lamar will be in Baltimore next season. So, yeah, of course. Is a source needed to break the news that a team didn't offer full assurances that a player will be back when he isn't even under contract? Obviously not. So I don't know where these where are these coming from, these sources. Are they going to these same two guys and putting the word fully integrated, full assurances? It seems a little weird and similar. It really is all under the same umbrella. And that umbrella is made of fluff, I might add. But their objective is to target the average fans who haven't been immersed in the coverage of this contract negotiation. And that's all well and good because it's our job to provide the necessary context so that old news isn't successfully recycled as new news, just with a different flavor. And not just old news. How about just common sense observations that are presented as reports just by slapping sources on it? And Bobby, one more thing before we jump to topic two. And surprise, it comes from Jeff Zrebeck and his Twitter replies. Now, Jeff was going back and forth with fans, and one exchange was him responding to a fan who asked if the Ravens are waiting for contract extensions with Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert waiting for those to get done before tackling Lamar's. And Jeff's response was the following, quote, I don't think they are waiting on that. 
The holdup is they simply haven't been able to bridge the gap between what he wants and what they're willing to pay, close quote. To which another fan responded by saying this, quote, we're becoming a terrible franchise. It's sad to say we're the only team that disrespects our superstar quarterback shaking my head, close quote. Now, Sarah, Jeff then took it a step further. He responded to that with this, quote, They've been more than willing to make him the second or third highest paid player in the NFL and give him the most up front. He's entitled to say no, but we're going to have to agree to disagree about that being disrespectful, close quote. Yeah, and I know it may seem monotonous to share these exchanges and all the details of it, but it really is informative, I feel like. And I think it helps in an effort not to demonize either the Ravens or Lamar for sticking by their contract convictions. I'm, I've said this before. I'm not telling either side what to do with their wallet. And just for clarity's sake, Bobby, and I know you followed up with Jeff on Thursday about this, what, about what he meant about the Ravens offering the most upfront money. And that basically just means it's the most upfront money over a three-year span. Obviously, it isn't the most fully guaranteed from the day of signing. Still to come here on The Vault... Is the Ravens inside linebacker Patrick Queen sending the organization a message based on recent social media activity? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So questions have been pouring in via social media and also through our podcast's email inbox about a possible trade for Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen. Here's one of those email submissions from Vault listener Jacob Bauer. Quote, hey, Sarah and Bobby, love the show. Do you think that EDC has informed PQ that he could be traded? We all know the Ravens love the draft and don't have a second round pick this year. Could the front office be moving Queen for, say, a second-round pick with the new team taking on his cap hit? Sarah, before we get to that question, though, why don't we rewind and address why these specific questions about PQ have come up in the first place this week? 
Yeah, sure. So fans began to notice on Wednesday that Queen scrubbed most of his posts on Instagram. There's only three posts remaining, at least the last time I looked, and none of them feature the Ravens. Now, that said, it's important to point out that his profile picture is still features him wearing a Raven shirt, so I'm personally not going to overanalyze his IG account. And then there are many fans that follow PQ on Instagram, and they said that he made these changes a month ago. I can't confirm that because I don't follow him on IG, but that is what some are saying that it changed more about a month ago. And you know what? As we've learned with Lamar, you can't read too much into social media posts, but with that said... It's totally understandable where some fans are coming from in interpreting this to mean he wants to trade or will be traded. We know that Marquise Brown scrubbed his social media and was traded last year. Before that, Orlando Brown famously tweeted he's a left tackle before being traded. Plus, Texans cornerback and PQ's former LSU teammate Derek Stingley Jr. tweeted those emoji eyes at PQ. Then PQ replies with his own eyes and the shrug emojis, right? So to some, it did appear that they were flirting with the idea of him joining his former teammate in Houston. But other than that flirtation, there's really no merit to it. Yeah, and after that, people started begging Queen not to leave. And then he tweeted around this time, bruh, relax, with a laughing emoji. So fans can weave narratives into anything, and media can too, with vague social media posts. But here's the reality. Yes, Bobby, Patrick Queen's future in Baltimore is definitely in doubt. But I don't come to that conclusion because of his Instagram. I came to that conclusion back when Eric DaCosta traded for Roquan Smith. And then it was solidified even more when EDC extended Roquan. And then the final solidification was when Eric was asked at the end of season presser if he would exercise the fifth year option on PQ's rookie contract. And here's what he said then. Yeah, we were really excited by the way Patrick played this year. Um, we think he made a jump. He showed uh, playmaking ability, uh, leadership. He just he really, really, over the course of the season, became the player that we kind of envisioned him being. Um, specifically speaking to the, the fifth year option, um, you know, I'm probably not prepared to make that announcement at this point. Um, does it make it difficult uh, to sign him long term? If he's a great player, we'll find a way to make it work. If he's playing at a high level, we want to keep as many good players as we can. So I would never rule out right now uh, signing a player two years from now, uh, potentially. Um, he's a good player. I think we've got the best two young inside linebackers. The combo, the tandem, it's exciting in football. And uh, they make our defense a problem for other teams and something that is going to cause a lot of teams problems, you know, moving forward. So, you know, I think we're in a great position there. I think our defense is, is exciting and uh, we can't wait to see him next year. All right. So it's not a leap to think that Queen's stay in Baltimore won't last much longer. Now, that does bring us back to Jacob's question from the top of this segment when he asked, do you think that EDC has informed PQ that he could be traded, Sarah? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay, now that doesn't mean that Patrick won't be traded, but that would be the dumbest move by a GM to broadcast that info without having a deal in hand. If you don't have a trade in your pocket ready to go, then you don't approach a player and tell him that you're shopping him around unless he's actually asked for a trade. I mean, because otherwise, if that was just... Eric coming up with that on his own without PQ asking for it, 
I mean, what happens if he goes out to the market, needs to find a trade partner, can't, and then Queen knows that the Ravens don't really want him around. So like I said, that would just be a terrible business management. If Eric had informed him of anything, then the deal, you know, Patrick would be gone by now. So that's from the organization side of it. Then you got to look at it from Patrick's side of it. I could hear fans asking, well, is it possible that Patrick Queen requested a trade? And thus, all the social media scrubbing, even though, as I said, his profile picture still features a Raven shirt. Okay, so it's possible that Patrick requested a trade. But I got to say, it wouldn't make sense from my point of view for Patrick Queen to request a trade. Seriously, why would he do that? At least in Orlando Brown's case, he made it be known that he wanted to be a left tackle and he was stuck behind Ronnie Stanley before he got hurt. So that's why he wanted out. And then in Marquise Brown's case, he was stuck in a run-first offensive system. And he wanted some time to showcase to the rest of the NFL world his ability as a receiver in a different offense before his rookie contract was up so that he could make more money with the second contract. And even I could bring up Hayden Hurst. He was stuck behind Mark Andrews. In Patrick Queen's case, he's still going to start all 17 games right next to Roquan. He's not going to lose an ounce of playing time as long as he's healthy. And with one more year left on Patrick Queen's contract, you tell me, where is the best spot to show to the other 31 teams that he'll be worth top-of-the-market money by the time he's a free agent next offseason? In a place like Houston? where they just went 3-13 and 13 and was ranked number 32 in defense last year? Or how about another year next to Roquan, where Queen looked like a pro bowler? If I'm Queen, I want to stay in Baltimore hands down, no question. That's how I'm going to put my film on display to say I'm the next highest paid inside linebacker. Okay, so now again, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying absolutely Queen won't be traded. Because like, because... If Lamar Jackson actually plays on the franchise tag, Eric DaCosta could actually be forced to find cap space in every place possible, and that could be with Queen. But even then, he wouldn't broadcast it to Queen unless he had a deal in hand. And I'll just say this. If that pressure with the franchise tag is somehow alleviated, if I'm the GM, I'm personally keeping Queen, who's only costing $3.8 million against the cap next season, because that PQ... And Roquan Duo, at that price, is just too good to pass up. All right, Bobby, as we anticipated they would, the Ravens on Thursday announced a date and time for Todd Munkin's introductory press conference as Baltimore's newest offensive coordinator. Yeah, mark your calendars accordingly. Munkin's press conference is set for Tuesday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be streamed across the team's social platforms and on their website, BaltimoreRavens.com. We will, of course, also have an instant reaction episode on deck as well. But Sarah, until then, we better familiarize ourselves with him as much as possible. And Locked On Ravens host Kevin Ostreicher pulled this clip out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers archives where Munkin served as wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator. You know, we had every opportunity to take control of that game. You know, first drive we score. Yep. Second drive we get to there, 45, have a second five, don't get points. 
Next drive, we move it to the 22, don't get points, miss field goal. Next drive, we have two consecutive penalties. We're first and 25 at one time. Then we gain yards, we get another penalty to push us back another 10 yards for the punter. The next drive, we get a turnover and score. The next one, we get a turnover right where you're at, Rick. Yep. We get a nice run on first down. We get exactly what we thought they were doing, playing a two-deep look. We're in a position, really, where we were thinking, hey, we we're going to always looking to go for it on fourth down. So you're sitting there going, okay, hey, let's, uh, let's get closer. Maybe we get the first down. Don't gain a yard. Then James's arm gets hit. We missed the field goal, and, and that was the game. Yeah. After that, the momentum changed, and we still stopped him on defense. And we got actually, I, I missed a part. We got the second and three after being first and twenty, and went two plays and didn't get it. And then the punt block. We had seven drives where we had opportunities besides one because of penalties to get points or at least keep moving. Okay, I've covered a lot of coordinators and coaches, and a lot of them know the game, but that, Bobby, that was pretty impressive. He essentially recited the entire offensive game off the top of his head. I'm really getting the sense that he's just a no-nonsense guy who, quite simply, is just all about football all the time. But here's one more thing to digest going into the weekend. Baltimore sports personality Glenn Clark interviewed former Georgia standout QB Eric Zier recently, and Eric actually played six NFL seasons, three of which were in Baltimore, and this is what he had to say about Todd Munkin, being that he served as the color analyst for the Georgia Bulldogs radio network, so he's had a front row seat to him over the years. First and foremost, is a great leader and has the, the ability really to influence and get the most out of anybody that he that he coaches on on every front. So that his leadership style, uh, he, he is a, a player's coach. He really does a good job relating with everybody. Uh, that that is one of the things that I think you have to have as a as a head coach. But but when you look at it, at his his ability to create game plans and create offenses that really fit the skill sets of uh, his players and the talent that he has. He's as good as as anybody in the in the country, and you just go look, take a look at his time at, at Georgia with the talent that came in and how he evolved his game plan to fit that talent. Um, there, it's it's pretty remarkable to see, and and he'll be that will translate to to any level or anywhere that he ever coaches. So I, I expect for him to come into Baltimore and do a a great job, no different than he did at the University of Georgia. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with this regarding Ravens wide receivers coach T. Martin. Turns out the Indianapolis Colts have requested to interview him for their offensive coordinator vacancy, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. In other news, Fox Sports analyst Dean Blandino says that the NFL Competition Committee might look to eliminate the tush-push play on QB sneaks that was so effective for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Elsewhere, former Ravens scout and NFL draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah tweeted that the upcoming NFL draft is loaded at running back. Jeremiah wrote, quote, I've been studying the group for the last few days and there are future starters everywhere. Close quote. And finally, speaking of running backs, ESPN's Todd McShay predicted in his latest mock draft that the Ravens would select Texas running back Bijan Robinson at number 22. That seems like a terrible idea, seeing how deep the class is. And Mel Kuyper expressed his utter disbelief in that prediction by saying to McShay, quote, There's no way you didn't put Bijan Robinson just to aggravate me and Ravens fans. If you're right on this, I will retire 
I can guarantee you that. Close quote. I love me some Mel Kuyper, Baltimore's own, but... Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com backslash Ravens Vault Podcast. As you may know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, You'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to our newest patrons, Stephen Dents and Jason Zrotniak. And Jason, I practiced that. I hope I got it right. I'm sorry if I butchered it. But we'd also love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising, you can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today. But we will be back on Tuesday. We're taking Monday, President's Day off. We will see you Tuesday with the Ravens news you need to know.